Come on down, look around, take in some sights, enjoy the sounds, be a part of the arts, the artist's hand gallery. Hello and welcome back to the artist's hand gallery, something cool podcast. I'm here this evening with my right hand woman, Miss Maddie Jones, and our guest this afternoon is Miss Alexis Hay. Now, I have the privilege of knowing Miss Alexis because outside of the fact that she is here as an arts appreciator, an arts patron, she is also one of our top-notch baristas here at the Artist's Hand. But she's here tonight to talk to us about art and her interest in art and her love of art here at the Artist's Hand. So very quickly, Alexis, the reason that we've invited you tonight mostly is because you're a younger person who has an interest in art. And many of our artists are older folks who are retired. Several of our patrons are professionals, people who are well along in their careers and able to buy art. And so we were curious as to what folks like you and your age bracket thought about art. So how do you see the arts in Indiana? The arts in Indiana are just so different from anything I've experienced before. I grew up in a small town, so I had very little, I wasn't really around art that much, visual art, I guess. So when I got to Indiana, it was really new to me. Um, So I had an appreciation for art, but it grew exponentially when I got here, especially when I visited the artist's hand and started working here. And when I started meeting the artists and really like learning the background of the art and the artists themselves is really when my curiosity bloomed and where my appreciation grew so, so much. Surely coming to Indiana was not your first exposure to particularly the visual arts. Did you have art in school, in high school? We did. We had art in elementary school. I had a really great art teacher and she was very passionate and she had a really interesting design and just herself, her personality really shined through her art. But when we got into high school, we only got one art class in seventh grade and it was for one quarter. And then after that, I think they offered maybe one class But that was it. It was really limited. I mean, I had exposure to um, performing arts, which was, you know, lovely and it was wonderful. But visual art and kind of exploring that myself, I didn't really get a really big chance for that. Well, let's go back to what you just said about exposure to performing arts, because you are a student here at IUP, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. And what is your major? I am a musical theater major. I'm a senior. Yes. Just a couple of weeks, right? Weeks. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Days. Oh, my gosh. Gosh, it's coming. It's 23 days away, I think. Okay. Wow, you really put me in my place right there. That's fun. Well, so you obviously are drawn to the arts, and particularly the performing arts. You must have had a very strong performing arts in your school. Yeah. I definitely would say that our performing arts were respected among the, among the community. And so that was really beneficial. And we're really grateful that I had that because that's not everywhere, you know, no. but I was uh, a part of the band. I was a part of choir and musical theater. So like our drama club and they were all really respected. And 
So I grew up mostly around that. Okay. So you're you're a musical theater major. Um, you discover the visual arts. And what did that do for your perspective? Did it make you want to own art? Explain that to me. Okay, yeah. So I think owning art, I was the type of person that I was always interested in Etsy shops and really interested in people's art, but I never had a place where it was available to me. And so like at the artist's hand, having it hung around your head at all times, being able to see the different styles and different personality shows shine through. I don't know. It made me want to explore it more. And so going back to like saying as a young person, I'm in college, I have a budget. So it's something that I started wanting to save up for. I never, I never thought that I was going to be saving up for pieces of art, not because I didn't want to, but just because I didn't think I could. But I think my growing appreciation for it and having it around, knowing I have the availability to see it and touch it and have the ability to get it, I was like, oh, I have to have one of these. I started saving um, by getting an arts account through the artist's hand. And so uh, I chose the smallest amount you can do every month, which is $10. For me, that's like, that is, that's really nothing in the scope of a month where I can, I would be spending that on coffee or a new shirt, which I don't need. (laughs) But if I can just have that taken out, and sometimes when I come in here, I'll ask Maddie or I'll ask uh, you, Sandy, and say, how much do I have right now? And after eight months, I got $80 in my account. And, you know, that really adds up and I could get a really nice piece of art. And the IUP Museum show came in. That was astonishing to me. I was so excited. There are so many brilliant pieces for such a small price. It stunned me. I got my first piece of large art. I bought pottery before and I love pottery. I think it's really interesting. But my first piece of wall art, I guess, and that was so exciting. So talk about that a little bit. You came in and like you said, the museum show is here and they are having a show to clear out their inventory and they're calling it From Our Walls to Yours and they really do have the, the work priced incredibly reasonably and so you came into work one day and what happened? I came into work and I saw the new show and I saw, well, I helped someone uh, get, he came in and he got three pieces of art. I was like, wow, he got three pieces of art. I noticed that some of the prices were $50 and under, some at even like $20. So I started really thinking, I was like, well, I have money in my arts account and it's really reasonably priced. So I'm going to have to grab it up. And I found a really, really beautiful piece of art by David Skeggs, I believe. It's called Anniversary. And it was, for me, it was a ginormous painting. It was huge and it was so stunning. It is stunning. There's lots of really beautiful like royal purples and light yellows. It's kind of abstract. So I was like, I have to have this. And I saw it was $40. Are you kidding me? Excellent. I had to take it home. Excellent. Good. And what was the feeling? Like, how did you feel whenever you bought that first piece of artwork? I don't think that feeling went away. I mean... 
you can't see it on the podcast, but I am smiling thinking about it. I haven't hung it up yet. So it's just from the beginning of buying it, even seeing it and just knowing like, I love that. I felt a connection to the piece. I can't explain it. It just was such an intriguing piece of work that uh, it was, it was dated from, what was it? 1955? Something like that. Long before you were born, Sugar. Long before <laughs> I was even a speck on this planet. So it was just so interesting to have a piece from, for me, so long ago that I can just have and hold and call my own. And I don't know, it's just this feeling of excitement. And I feel like a grown up having it. <laughs> Maddie and I were talking about how it's a piece that I can take from college because I'll be graduating and just have it and have it like right. in my home for years and years and years. For, absolutely, forever. And be the first piece in what hopefully will be a very large collection. Yeah. Oh, it's grown already. I can't believe I got that piece and then I got an Altrogi. I got a print. How um, nice. Well, yeah. that's all right. His uh, his work, no matter what medium it comes in, is absolutely wonderful. Which Mark Altrogi has, since the day I started working here, been one of my absolute favorites. And so I have those two pieces. My best friend got me a piece of art from Etsy and then I got another piece. It was just so interesting how it snowballed. I now have five pieces of art that I can hang in my home. It's just, it's kind of addictive. You're like, wow. You really open your eyes and you see how many different things come in just art. It's visual, but there's so much more to it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So knowing that and knowing that you're at the beginning of what will hopefully be a very long and productive collection time period, how do you see or do you see a future for arts advocacy in Indiana? I do. I think there are just so many talented artists in Indiana. And I'm glad like Artist's Hand is a place where that talent can be shown and can be proven. It's it's so interesting because I had no idea before. And now that I can see it all and just have the privilege of meeting the artists as well, it's incredible. So, you know, there's so much talent and there's so much more to come. Even just being a student at IUP and going to the student's art shows there are so many talented individuals just in school around here and even at the high school so did you start going to the art shows at Sprouls and, and at the museum before or after you started working here I don't know I can't think of when the first one was I was a sophomore April 16th was my two-year anniversary here oh wow what would you say to younger people in particular who maybe don't understand art or who would want to understand it or support it or get to know it better? Yeah, I would say just explore your town. If you're in Indiana, Artisan, there's so many little spots that you just wouldn't think of. If you're like on campus, just take a walk down Philly Street and just see what you find. That's the thing. If you're not in Indiana, if you're somewhere else, just walk through your town and if you see a store that you've never been in, just go in and explore it. There's so many there's so many spots in the wall that you don't really see. And even with social media, 
there are so many ways to get involved that way. I, I talk about Etsy. There are so many creators online. Right. This is a little random, but the social media TikTok, there's so many artists on there, small businesses. Small businesses, I think, is so, so fantastic in so many different ways because if you're buying from a small business, you're really helping out a family or people in general and artists, you know, themselves are small businesses. And Sure. And and I think that's really good advice of just explore because there's, you know, I don't think that the folks who lived at Indiana County had any idea the depth of art making that was going on in this county until the artist hand came along. I don't think they knew even regionally how many people are making art just for the enjoyment of making art, not even necessarily to sell it. And so the advice to get out and explore and find out what's going on is very, very good advice. Yeah. And another thing that I've learned and even not selling art or buying art, but just even making art, there's been so many artists that I've met here that they're just like, yeah, I just randomly started a couple of years ago. And then I see their work and I was like, I would never assume that. I would never assume that you just started on a whim. And so, you know, even me, I, I'm not a visual, like I'm not a painter, but when I make art and just even craft or if I paint or draw, I feel so connected in so many different ways. I think everybody should explore making art as well, performing, visual art, I think it's extremely beneficial to your well-being. Excellent. Now, here's the million-dollar question. Oh, boy. Who's your favorite artist in the artist hand? That's way more than a million-dollar question. <laughs> that, is, that is so difficult. Do you have a couple of favorites? I, that's, a, that's, that's a good question. Okay. I already talked about my absolute love for Mark Altrogi's work. The pointillism, oh, my gosh, I think it's so interesting and so colorful. I love Ron Krasinski. His pottery, I have bought a, a few things from him. Okay. I, I have a connection with really colorful things. Um, and I like sort of abstract. Jamie Coptic always oh, yes. catches my eye. She has really great stuff. And H.K. Miller, Harold Miller, is just the dearest man. I His work is phenomenal. And he is an angel among this earth. Harold and Susan are just lovely, lovely people. Is it important to you that you know the artists? Does that help? It helps a a lot. And it gives you this really interesting understanding of where their art is coming from, why they do what they do, the style, or if someone's drawing houses, if someone is doing um, figure drawing, why are they doing those things? It's really cool when they come in and we can talk about that because I I learned so much more about them. Absolutely. Well, I'm going to turn you over to Maddie now because I understand she has a really fun game to play with you. So in every podcast, I set up a game, and this game is very simple, but it's called Alexis's Menu. Ew, that's so silly. So you invent a lot of drinks for the artist's hand. I try. Brand new drinks and menu items, such as the Alexis's Tear Me Up Latte, which has been a favorite of 2020. So... Alexis, what is your favorite go-to coffee order? 
My favorite go-to coffee order really changes. I have two that I've been going in between. So the honeybee latte I created and uh, Lynn helped me name it. It was so, so good with lavender, honey, and a little dash of vanilla. And Maddie's morning pancakes with a dash of banana. So yummy. Both of those are so good. You know, we taste a lot of coffee as baristas. What is your go-to coffee brew from Commonplace that we brew here? My go-to um, is Siba. It is like, kind of has like a chocolatey note in it, which I really like. That one's awesome. What is your go-to tea order my go-to tea is foxtrot i love foxtrot and i add a shot of vanilla bean or french vanilla syrup to it to sweeten it up that one's great super soothing it has a vanilla and peppermint taste with chamomile i believe and it's really nice and light i think it's kind of creamy as a tea i think that is the kind of mouth feel for it yeah yeah i know that one's really popular too because it's also not caffeinated calming tea for sure what's your go-to panini order My go-to panini is the Lucky Hands. Used to be Dolly Clocks, but when our good friend Will decided that we needed an Italian sandwich, we got the Lucky Hands panini and my dreams came true. It was so (laughs) delicious. It has salami, ham, provolone, and banana peppers. It is just so scrumptious. And it's on ciabatta bread. I feel like those ciabatta rolls feel like you're eating a whole loaf of bread in the bed way possible it really does it's so fluffy and so good but i'm really really excited for the um, breakfast paninis i've gotten to taste test all of them and when i tell you they are gonna be a hit do you want to say which one is your favorite um on challah bread and it has cream cheese spread and raspberry preserves and it is just such a perfect combination it's creamy and there's a little bit of a like a tart sweet taste from the raspberry and it's just oh it's so delicious if you had to associate a coffee or espresso bar drink or order with the current show what would you do if it was exclusively like inspired by IUP goes downtown Oh my gosh, I think it goes downtown. Oh, it's so complex. Let me think this through. It's such a complex show with very reasonable prices. I'm going to say a good shot of espresso. It's simple. It's complex. There are so many elements of it. It's cheap. (laughs) But there's just like a good shot of espresso that is done right is it tells a whole story. And I think the from our walls to your home, I think it tells a complete story as well. So many ins and outs. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. 
if you could associate a song with a drink, what's the song and what's the drink? Artist hand radio if you wanted to, but you don't have to. It could be oh, a random song. I yeah. mean, I know you've joked about making a Spotify playlist that is the artist hand. Oh, yeah. You never know. You never know what could happen. Let's say. Um, so I'm going to say the song that really gets me so excited when it comes on and I'm working behind the bar, uh, Beasts of Burden comes on and it gets me so happy. I'm trying to think of what drink. It is just my artist's hand song. That's my artist's hand song. I'm trying to think of, I don't know, like a nice drip coffee. I'm also thinking of Americano because that's one of my favorite drinks. And I'm always drinking like Americano when Beasts of Burden comes on. Americano is, I think, one of the best drinks in the world. So it's like a shot of chocolate at the bottom. And then it's layered with a shot of espresso. And then on top of the espresso is just small amount of steamed milk with cocoa powder on top. It is a treat. It is a true treat. So you will likely catch me drinking that on a cool day. And While listening to, to Beast of Burden. Burden so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. If you had to build a drink for your best friend, what would it be? Oh, man. Well, I I have been really obsessed with Maddie's Morning Pancakes and just adding banana syrup to it and calling it Making Banana Pancakes by Jack Johnson. Shout out Jack Johnson. So I think my best friend deserves that drink on a good morning. With regular milk or oat milk? Oat milk. A thousand percent. Because banana pancakes, if you don't know how to make banana pancakes, it's banana and oats. There you have it. And maple syrup. So yeah, it's, it's really just perfect. Now, the artist hand aside, if you had a dinner party, I know you dream about having amazing dinner parties with cheese and wine. So what what would you serve at this dinner party? I do. I love cheese and wine. I would serve. I would have a charcuterie board. Everyone who knows me knows I love a good charcuterie board. And if I don't say so myself, I can make a good one. <laughs> so I would make a really brilliant charcuterie board with lots of cheeses like manchego and brie and a good sharp cheddar with lots of meats and crackers and fruits. And then I would make a vegan one, of course, because a lot of my friends are vegan and vegetarian and I don't want to leave anybody out so I would make a vegan one as well and then I would make pasta because pasta is truly just what makes me so happy so lots like I would probably have a pasta bar so like build your own pasta but make it super fancy I I can make a good pasta as well a nice spicy vodka pasta or fettuccine alfredo those are some of my favorites if you could invite anyone to the dinner party, who would it be? So so let's just assume, you know, 
your friends, but uh, or another person alive or dead, kind of like a historical figure or someone who means a lot to you, like who would you invite? So the first person that popped up in my head, I was trying to think around of like a couple of different people, but the first person I'm going to go with my instincts is Jeffrey, because I know that our good customer, Jeffrey, who is an absolute angel and an amazing storyteller, would just have the party pop in the whole time. He would, he would love the pasta. He would love the charcuterie board and he would just have a great time. And so his being there everyone else would have a great time too (laughs) i love that anyone else you want to add to this party oh my gosh there's so many um elton john i love elton john harry styles hi my best friends my my mother she's awesome um oh my gosh there's so many people it sounds like it's gonna be one for the century you know what i mean i agree i think it's gonna be a pretty fun it's a pretty fun party we'll have to get into touch with uh, elton john's manager yes we his will. agents mm-hmm. um and we'll make it happen why not yeah. you know anything could happen the future anything can happen absolutely i agree The next art show is the Indiana High Senior Show from April 29th to May 22nd. The students have chosen the title, Art Can Change Everything. Featuring their perspective in the world, we are excited for this exhibit, so stay tuned. As some listeners may know, we have paninis that have been very popular for lunch or even breakfast sometimes. So we are expanding our menu to also have the tea time paninis, similar and simpler, like cream cheese and jelly, ham and cheese, or Nutella and banana, perfect for breakfast, studying, or if you're just kinda hungry. As you know, we used to be a hub for poetry from Lit Night at the Artist's Hand. So now we do this thing where people can submit poetry and prose here for this podcast. And today I have a poem to share with you all. It's titled Home in a Tin Shack for Caitlin. I wake up beside you in your bed. You're still asleep and probably won't wake up for another 30 minutes. I feel at home. I'm in your dorm room at 3 a.m., You're awake with me while I'm trying to do work I should have started days ago. I feel at home. I'm on a couch. You're still with me when I finish my paper at 6 a.m. I feel at home. I'm on a bus. You're on it with me, and we really wish we had taken the direct train instead. I feel at home. Every day I'm with you. Every day you're with me. I feel at home. I'm in Philadelphia, you're in Indiana, and we're separated indefinitely. And all of a sudden, I'm not at home at all. I'm with my family, and I feel chained down. You're with your roommates, and we miss each other so much. And even though I'm in my childhood house with my immediate family, I'm not at home. And then it hits me. My home isn't some house. My home is you. A bird in a cage cannot fly, and yet my heart soars to Indiana every waking day. You are my home. It doesn't matter a bit where we are, 
We could be in a tin shack, huddled together to stay warm, lying on just the earth. As long as we're together, I'm at home. Wow. Yeah. You got me teared up. That was lovely. I have now chosen one from the poetry book Warning Shots by Peter Faziani from Words Dance Publishing, which you can find in the artist's hand. Romanticizing Minor Memories. PA meets NJ in Italy. A church trip. Anything but missionary. The best imitation of love like a rom-com. Moments before sunrise, before sunset, before midnight. Where all the things happen except at best he's. Only Ethan Hawke in Assault on Precinct 13. Not Dead Poet Society. And she's not Julie Delpy. After a fistful of summer gin and tonics. Opens up about an emotional vacancy. Because she's been missing since she ended the road trips. And long distance phone bills. AT&T's V. VIP customers and nights on the hood of that old car after his 17th birthday under Pennsylvania moonlight in true Hollywood fashion. An infidelity represented in countless whiskey bottles collected above kitchen cupboards. Dreams of reignited the recycled heat back into the monastery hearts, naked beneath the rebel, broken and rebuilt, perfect period architecture, ink tapestries injected in the walls to hide the scars. And that is all the poetry we have today. If you would like to submit your poetry to the Artist Hand Podcast, something cool for this segment, either submit it to our physical mailbox at the Artist Hand or send it to contact at theartistshandgallery.com and it may be read on the podcast. And we can keep it anonymous if you don't want it to be kept anonymous. Just let us know, you know. Thanks for joining us, Alexis. Thank you so much for having me. It was awesome. And I just appreciate you coming in this evening. And I'm just so glad that you're here and that you're talking to us about art. But most importantly, I'm really excited that you have fallen in love with collecting art and that you have established a well put together collection already. And I hope it's an encouragement to other young people in the community to get off campus, to get um, out of the high school and to take a walk downtown. Thank you for having me. Thank you. And we will see you when I come back on Wednesday. Awesome. See you then. (laughs) Yay! (laughs) Yay! Something cool. Something bold. A work of